0: In every horror movie, the first rule of survival is... Welcome back to the Don't Split Up Horror Podcast. This is episode number 59, and we're talking about the brand new film The Boogeyman. I'm Jared Foresteros. And I'm Moza Haiti.
1: Looks like we're uh we're down two today. It's gonna be a bit masculine today.
0: <laughs> we're not following our own rule, uh, but don't worry, this movie's so stupid, it's not gonna matter. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, so- Speaking of which, what were you anticipating going in? Because I know we talked a little bit previously. The reviews weren't terrible for a horror film.
0: No, they weren't. This is sitting currently at almost the 60% on Rotten Tomato, three stars out of five on Letterboxd. So you would think that that would mean that this movie is pretty good. Uh, I was expecting a few good jump scares. I was expecting a decent creature design. I was expecting some clever set pieces. Uh it's you know relatively small budget. Um, it, it opened this weekend against Across the Spider-Verse and still Little Mermaid, you know. So it's it, but even with that, it came in number three for the weekend. It made $12 million. So it looks like it's probably gonna earn out. I think it um I think it had about a $20 million budget, and it's an adaptation of a Stephen King short story. Which doesn't mean much for horror fans. We know that that is hit or miss, So that's right? where
1: I was confused. This was a Stephen King adaptation or it was his son?
0: No, it was a Stephen King. Uh, it, was the Stephen King. Okay. it is a short story that was originally published in 1973. And the original short story was in. T- so, so there's a scene early in the film where a man shows up at the main character, the dad's office for therapy. And he says, uh, "My kids are all dead, and this boogeyman thing killed them." That scene is the entire short story. So the oh, short wow. story, uh, the 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 um, the patient Lester Billings is the main character of the short story, and he is he is telling the therapist this story of how the boogeyman killed his kids. And then the short story ends with the therapist, like he has to go back in the room to get something, and when he comes back, the therapist is actually the creature. The Boogeyman, the end. So, oh, wow. so okay. obvious. So, this film took tremendous and, liberties.
1: And then, and there's your classic Stephen King, you know, kind of twist at the end or creativity, um, which is, I think, is what I was expecting going into this. Although I did, for some reason, think this was his son, uh, not him. But again, that's kind of what I come to expect from the King family.
0: Right. Um, yeah. So, same for you. You kind of were, you had relatively high hopes for this film. I honestly did. Uh, I don't, too often get excited about going to
1: scare myself and uh this was one where i was like kind of excited to go to the theater and see it so um, what
0: were what were the elements that got you hopeful
1: uh king number 1 okay. uh the preview i agree i was kind of going in for some jump scares monster movie this is a type of monster movie that does kind of scare me um like when we get into the paranormal i'm not a big fan of the, the uh Oh uh possession and all that stuff. But like this type of like hides in the closet underneath the bed, creepy, like that's terrifying to everyone when they're growing up. So I kind of anticipated King to really dive into that fear. Um, which you really don't. I mean, you get a little bit, but it does not pay
0: off. Not not at all. Yeah. So so again, obviously you can tell spoilers for how we feel about the film. No uh, spoilers <laughs> for the actual film yet. Uh, I don't think either one of us cared for it much.
1: I will say. And I don't know how your theater was. I almost pulled the JR. I almost had to walk across half a damn theater to tell a group of young women to just shut the hell up. They did not stop. They were moving around the theater. Uh, they were like inducing screams at the point in times where you weren't supposed to be screaming. I mean, that absolutely ruined the show. And by the time I'd had my fill, there was like 10 minutes left. And I was like, well, wow, there's no point now. Um, but uh-huh. so that And that obviously didn't help because the film wasn't exactly screaming. Watch me.
0: So I also had a very, it was, is genuinely one of the probably top five worst theater experiences of my life. Oh, wow. Okay. In this one, was it was actually a pretty packed theater. I'd say it was three quarters full. Oh, we were Uh, the
1: opposite. We were maybe at 10% occupancy,
0: but I would say, I would say there were, there were two or three, uh, like nodes of whispering, mm. you know, giggles that were clearly not directed at the film. Uh, and I was going to, as you so eloquently put it, pull a me. Um, <laughs> and then I thought, you know what, this film does not deserve shooting.
1: <laughs> That's ultimately where I got. That's hilarious. Wow. Yeah. Really, it's uh, like paralleled here.
0: It was like, no, talk through this movie. Don't, don't yep. regard it. Please distract um, me. I-, I will also say There were multiple times that our theater, like most of the people in the theater were laughing at the movie, like not with the movie, you know, like it wasn't just me. I I took a a good friend of mine who's a a fan of horror movies. It was his birthday. And so I took him. That was, that was our treat since Amanda was out of town. And, uh, when I posted my review, I gave it a D and he replied F minus worst movie I've seen in years. (laughs) So to that
1: point, like we had the group of young women who like, honestly, I almost feel like they were doing it for like a social media platform. Like it was so in your face. I'm like, this seems staged. Um, it can't, there can't, just can't be people who act that way. Either way, they were screaming at all the wrong times. And there was this older couple sitting next to us and they, uh, the lady leans over and not so quietly is like, I don't get it. None of this has been scary
0: yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, are you able without spoilers to sort of summarize what did not work in this film for you? Everything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, and I'm not, I'm not even being sarcastic. Like the scariest part of the film. And I don't think this is a spoiler because it goes back to your short story was the scene with him in the therapist's office. That was the part that started getting me worked up the most. And I was like, what is coming next? Um and that that's where it ended for me. After that, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense at all.
0: Yeah. Um I I will say I I really did enjoy the three central actors. Uh Sophie Thatcher yeah. is from Yellow Jackets. I don't know if yeah. you've watched any Which, of Yellow Jackets. She's great in Yellow
1: Jackets. I haven't incredible. seen the new season, but yeah.
0: Uh Chris Messina always does a, a perfectly good job. Like he I feel like he's like a uh a journeyman actor, like he just comes in and handles and the part. He,
1: and I honestly feel like he's underutilized. I had to go back and figure out what I knew him from, and I don't think I've seen him <laughs> in anything since the Mindy project, like a decade ago. And he's, he did. I've seen did. him did in a, a few things here and there, but yeah, job. he
0: was he was good. And then the little girl, Vivian Lyra Blair, Crushed I it. thought, yeah. So if I had anything nice to say about the film, it's that the acting was really solid, despite just a real stinker of a script. Agreed. Um I texted some of my horror friends that knew I was going to see this, they asked how it was and I said this was a color by or a paint by numbers horror <laughs> uh movie done by people who never bothered to learn how to count. Yeah. You know, like all of That's the good. it's it's almost like all of the tropes are even there and then even those they managed to mess up. They honestly it could
1: have played as a horror comedy. They went so far in the wrong direction. Yeah. Like,
0: uh, I think that yeah, with with us with with a few minor tweaks to the tone, you're right, um, and that's unfortunate because, like you said, I think the basic idea of like what's hiding just beyond the edge of our sight, is so inherently scary. Horrifying. This this should have been. Uh, do you remember the film from a few years ago, Lights Out? Is that the? No, that's The Conjuring, <laughs> with the, the with the snapping class.
1: No, the snapping
0: um, one. Uh, I, I, I think I do, they,
1: maybe.
0: Lights Out is literally the thing moves in the dark. So as soon as you shine a light on it, it disappears. Um, It's a very lot, lot similar. Stuff, huh?
1: anyway.
0: it, it's It's very similar to this film in some obvious ways. It just manages to execute all of the tropes in a much more satisfying and interesting way. And I didn't, like, weirdly, watching the Boogeyman has made me a bigger fan of Lights Out.
1: What? Yeah, I think I might go back and watch that now.
0: Like I did not care for lights out too much when it came out. It was like, just like a fine, forgettable, whatever. Now I'm like, oh, see, it could have been really bad. <laughs> so, well, I know that we have so many things to talk about specifics. So are you cool to just hop into spoilers?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we've pretty much pooped on this as much as we can without okay, getting yeah. into that.
0: All right, great. Well, let's get into spoilers for The Boogeyman, starting now. Okay, so you know, I love a good movie with a good monster in it. But for the monster to work, there have to be some coherent rules that this monster follows. And the, the weirdest moment for me came in the final scene when Sawyer comes out wrapped in the Christmas lights. And somehow the Christmas lights are enough light to keep the monster from getting her, even though candles apparently were bright enough to keep it at bay in the other house. And also the TV in an earlier scene.
1: So So the light thing was very loose and that bothered me. Um, Yeah. Because. Well, because many reasons, one the candles worked until it was no longer like a viable tool or just didn't, they didn't want to use it anymore. And <laughs> until they, just they just wanted the
0: monster out. in the room. Yeah. Until yeah. they wanted it in the room and then it was blowing the candles out.
1: Yeah. And, and so there wasn't like an exterior force. So you didn't open a window. There was nothing just like all of a sudden, Oh no, I can just put these out um, with my body moving it, over them. Yeah. yeah. Very confusing because we couldn't <laughs> see him. Um, alternately it was very pick and choose when he could just, tamper with electricity. Mm-hmm. You know, light bulbs were bursting, going out. There was this energy. But to your point, this young girl can walk around a house plugged in to one outlet. And <laughs> Christmas lights are inherently unpredictable in the first place. Yeah. We just needed to break one. We all
0: know that. And yeah, none of that made sense to me. Um just like and I didn't so like well yeah but but that that gets to this whole like I think the movie undercut itself because uh you had you had those two scenes early on that featured her little like glow in the dark moon light mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. um the and in both of those scenes so one is when she's in her room looking under her bed and then the other is when she's in the hallway and she rolls it down the hall and it rolls around the corner and gets stomped out both of those scenes end with us seeing a glimpse of the monster and then there's like a smash cut to the next day.
1: <laughs> and I, there's no I don't know how you felt about the glowing moon, but I thought that was the most underutilized thing possible. The idea of just like slowly rolling that into the dark or whatever, like I thought that could have been played up so much more, in addition to the fact that it just didn't really pay off the way they used it. Like
0: right. Yeah, it was it it was it was I was telling my buddy that saw it with me. I said the frustrating thing about that is that it apparently is a real toy that exists but it's not like one of those ubiquitous kids toys that everyone had in their room growing up or that everyone sees around now so when you see it in the movie you're like oh like that's a weird cool thing but then it's also so obviously only in the movie to create some fun scares Mm -hmm. that it like took me out of it and then to your point they don't even create good scares with it No. (laughs)
1: It, it, the jump scares in this movie were odd, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but there were several times where I was anticipating one, like literally kind of backing into my seat a touch. Yep. And then nothing, absolutely nothing came to your point. It would just cut to the next day or something. And you're like, OK, that was a lot of buildup for nothing. And then it never went back to it, never paid off. And then the jump scares that did happen were a little lackluster. Like, it's almost like there was no buildup and then there was just monster.
0: Well, and and again, like when I was talking about the whole tropes thing, right? Like the whole, the, the, there's one kid, it's usually the youngest kid. They usually have some like weird little toy or light or something like that is such a common trope in these like conjuring verse style films that we know what's going to happen, right? Like the kid's going to somehow see the monster and then no one's going to believe them, but they're going to scream. And then the parents or the older siblings are going to come into the Like we've seen this play out so many times. So when the film, just like literally shows us the little girl alone with the monster and then cuts to the next day. And like, it's like the little girl eating cereal or something like that. We're like, w- w- wait, what, how did this happen? How, how is this suddenly just like fine and uncommented on?
1: Two things on that that bothered me. Um, one, you're a hundred percent correct. And they merely they dodge all that nonsense with one line later in the film by uh, Lester's wife when she's like, he likes to play with his food. Right. I'm like, with, uh... OK, so great. Yeah, OK. It's a torture film before it's a murder film. Great. Um, well, well played. And then in addition to that, I'm tired of these movies where there's three people in a seemingly regularly sized home that can scream all night. And no one comes in. They're like, nah, she's probably fine. I'm not going to check on that. I mean, the little girl screamed and fell out of her bed and no one shows up. Like, I don't
0: know yeah and and I think uh the the moment that was the most egregious to me was after the patient Lester Billings uh is hanged. Now of course, mm-hmm. we know he's killed by the boogeyman, but the dad and everyone else thinks it was a, a completed suicide mm-hmm. that he's you know he hangs himself in 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 the closet. And, you know, you have police there. The the little girl comes home and sees all of this, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, it cuts to the dad tucking them in bed that night as though any person with half a brain cell would not say, why don't we get a hotel room <laughs> even just for one night? Like, Go out
1: to dinner, check in with family, a, anything. A
0: human died in this house a few hours ago. Uh, a month good after night. we
1: lost our mom. Yeah, this is normal. Back to real life. Yeah,
0: I mean, just uh just wild to me. I mean, I was like, how how did this get green?
1: You know, light, you know in his defense, it's not like he was a therapist or anything. It's not like he <laughs> knew how to handle the feelings of young children best, you know that have dealt with trauma. So oh, wait. I guess I'll yeah. give him a pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh wait, spoiler. Um, He's a therapist.
0: <laughs> yeah and again that's I, I again I guess they made him the therapist so that they could they could have this sort of um you know Trauma metaphor that we're going to talk about more in a minute. That, but you know, it really reminded me of Smile or It Follows or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like this is a the 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 monster is a metaphor, and it's also like contagious, and so you know, you have to let your trauma out of the closet, or it'll consume you. And the dad, the dad didn't want to talk about his own trauma. I mean, yeah. Uh, again, I get it. Right? It wasn't subtle in the movie.
1: Not even a touch.
0: But. You you commented before we started recording. Uh, could we just watch one movie where people do what people would actually do instead of be dumb so the script can get easy scares?
1: And, th- and I think that's what frustrates me. Like you had everything here. You had reasons to believe. Even the older daughter, like, has seen an experience and still wants to refuse you know, the father could have been the therapist, he could have tried to talk and you could have had just some kids who weren't willing to talk yet. You know what I mean? And therefore creates distance in the family. There was a million ways to spin this and still get the end result. Um, I'm just tired of people running upstairs when they should be running out the front door. Like it could there's a way to make it scary without making it dumb. And it's
0: hard to buy in when you're like, we would never do this. Well, and the one I think the one moment that I I appreciated because I felt like it was an actually well written moment in a sea of terrible moments. Was when um, Sophie realizes that the monster's back at their house and she calls her dad. And she, she he's standing on the front steps of the house and the doors open. And he turns around and he says, Okay, 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 I'm listening. I'm listening. That was right. That was probably the second like, best scene
1: for me after the therapist right. moment. And, the, and the then, the,
0: the then, then the then the you know then the monster drags him in and it's too late and i like okay cool with all of that right mm-hmm. um but you know you did have this again a really great moment earlier in the in the film where sophie starts to open up to him and he says hey aren't you meeting with your therapist tomorrow you should share this and she's like yeah i, I mean i'm trying to share it with you yeah and you can like i mean you can see that he doesn't he hasn't gotten to that place yet, right? So, so I yeah. actually, I I, I, I actually thought like that their particular relationship was maybe the only thing I really genuinely liked about this film, and the way it grew and the way it changed and the way, like she's begging him to, sure. to be a dad and not a therapist to her, right? And, and I could see that. I think I was so
1: frustrated at that point in time that it just bothered me that that was just one of the million things where it could have been done better. And I, 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 no, it absolutely
0: I, could have been done better.
1: Goes back to I think what we said earlier, like the acting was fantastic in this film. I mean, that all three of the main characters, in my opinion, nailed it. It was the script and it was the weird monster that didn't like even to the point with the monster with the eyes and the dark and the glimpses horrifying once it started walking around and extra heads and hands were in mouths And stuff, I mean, and that's like most monster movies, you know, once you get the full reveal, you're not always quite as scared, but they, again, I don't feel like they played on that consistent. What's at the edge of the dark, um, which to me was the fear of this film. And yeah, I I will say the one thing that was creepy and I liked, and I don't know that it really paid off too many times more than it was just there. I think there was one scene where it really did trick everyone. Um, But the fact that he could emulate the voices of others.
0: Yeah. Um, again, that's that's like in the original short story where it's pretending to be the therapist. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it this does not this does not other than maybe one scene impact the film in any meaningful way. So uh, and even the scene that we're referencing, uh, it it's really a minor uh, tease. You know, it doesn't it doesn't really accomplish anything for the monster. No. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, well, you mentioned so you mentioned your two favorite your two favorite moments the the original scene in the ther- or the early scene in the therapist's office and then the scene between the two of them right at the where he gets sucked in. Um, I think probably my favorite moment in the film, and I wouldn't call it a best scare because nothing in this film was scary, but <laughs> the when 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 the girls lock her in the closet. Yeah um Although, i thought
1: that was sorry
0: continue no 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 well uh, i thought it was i thought it was such an interesting like we know that that blonde girl is just absolutely awful the we worst. know that um we know that she like lacks that ability to empathize in a way that she just is like callous and cruel in in this like really petty thoughtless way right yeah. where what would otherwise normally be like a pretty harmless prank is like extra cruel and malicious because it's being done to Sophie because it's in this particular room. Right. Um, And, and then the way that all the way that all spun out with her finally getting out of the closet, um, like her friend going, no, we were trying to get the door open, but she can't even hear them. And then the girls all just leaving. Like it was I kept wanting the blonde girl to eat it. I I was like, oh, we're going to get some like just retribution where she's going to face this thing. And then she didn't. And I was like, okay, I'm actually like, it actually probably is better that she doesn't because she's not like the grieving one or whatever. Right. But yeah, I found that scene, uh, you know, it kept kept subverting my expectations in ways that were really believable. And I thought if the entire film could have done more of that, it would have been a much stronger piece.
1: so two things on that one I was waiting for the friend to somehow get sucked into it maybe like their loss of friendship or something and win her over but she's underutilized through the whole film outside of to set up this bully platform and kind of keep her alone um like I was annoyed when they get to this creepy old house and they don't go in together like these are the inconsistencies for me where it's just like hey don't split up um I'm also over and I don't know I haven't been in you know middle school or around middle schoolers a ton in 20 plus years but that is just not how kids act I don't ever remember coming to school and someone having lost someone or something tragic going on and a group of bullies just immediately leaning into that like even bullies at least back in my day had some empathy or knew where to draw a line and it's like it I'm just like, it was so aggressive and so unnecessary that I'm like, I I just, it doesn't play for me. I don't, I don't think that's real life. Now there are jerks and there are people who don't know the difference. And I'm sure there's a million people out here who hate that. I just said that, but it just seems like in every movie it's so over the top and it's hard for me to get behind that.
0: I, uh, no, I really believed it. Like, especially the earlier scene where she's like, wow, do you really think that like wearing that dress is going to help you move on? And then when everyone, including her other friends, are like, whoa, like, that's not cool. She's like, I'm just trying to help, you know, (laughs) and I can like I can see that like she's never been the villain, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the pretty blonde white girl. So like she's, you know, she's the she's the apex of the high school hierarchy and all of that. And so like. I can just see how then, then she wants to just do these like little, little mean things. And again, in any other context, like just shutting her in the closet real quick. Ha ha. Like,
1: sure. Yeah. Ha, they just, know, we, they're messing around. It's a sleepover. Right. No um, big deal. But. And
0: yeah, she's like a little bit of a, a little bit of a jerk, you know? And so like, I can see how that just turned into something else uh because of the context and i don't know i i liked that i
1: uh you'll win me over a little bit here with what you said a second ago where it, she is she's just bored she didn't want to be there in the first place there is no empathy for this loss even the suicide it's more just an attraction to her you know oh we'll go to the suicide house she's there because of the one girl who is actually a friend so yeah i mean i'll, I'll give you that but i don't know again i, I was um, also dealing with six young women in this film <laughs> right. who are driving me absolutely insane. So maybe there was just some out, you know, exterior anger.
0: Um, I, I do want to revisit this movie when we inevitably talk about smile, because it's, it is another entry in this, like, let's talk about therapy together and do therapy and all of that. But I found their therapist, like pretty weird and awful. And I thought that her, like, let's click the red light on and off was such again like such a goofy thing that's clearly only there to make a scare a, a jump scare you know and so and like that's
1: like that is a part of therapy where you know they introduce you to your fears and help go over it and all this stuff but highly doubt it's in the first
0: you know session <laughs> well i don't i didn't get the sense this was the first session right this seemed like uh, yeah, remember the sure. dad was saying you're seeing do, her again. Love, yeah S- seems like this is at least their third or fourth you know since their mom passed and Um, but I was just like, come on, this is first of all, we shut her lights off and it's pitch black in there. And so then we just have this one little lamp that she has a remote control to. Okay. Sure. I get like, I, Oh, whatever It, it, it honestly, that whole scene felt like the little moonlight. I was like, is this in and of itself like unbelievable? I, I guess not, but it's very clearly only in this film to create a scare.
1: Not Yeah, just get one more scene. Let us know that this yeah. boogeyman can be outside the house, wherever. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think going back to just things that annoy me is like there's just no consistency with what light bothers it, what light doesn't bother. Exactly. It. Everyone's carrying around a cell phone. No one brings out their cell phone light. Like they're just the little so girl
0: upperc- when she's playing video games. Like we have seen this girl's bedroom when she goes to sleep, and it's like <laughs> nearly daylight levels of brightness in there, mm-hmm. and yet she's playing video games in the pitch black. And I was like why Why don't you have a lamp on? There was
1: no learning in this entire film. <laughs> yeah. There was no learning. It was just but, every day was a new day. It was kind of like Groundhog's Day. Yeah, the right. Man. Like,
0: but even it wasn't even learning. It wasn't even like consistent from one scene yeah. to the next. Right. Like Mm-mm. information that you had about these characters from one scene did not translate into the uh, inform their actions in the following scenes. And I just I just it just it was it was bad enough that it made it it made it impossible to be scared up by this movie. I was startled a couple of times. I
1: think um that's the best way to describe it.
0: But yeah, uh really silly. I sure I'm fire kills it, but shotgun shells don't. Okay, whatever. I get okay, you know. So and yeah, I Yeah. I was bothered by all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just I will say one one minor one minor uh prayer of thanks to the the uh horror film gods is that she didn't google what this thing was yeah right you know <laughs> there was no scene where she was like what is a boogeyman and then it was like a web page from someone that's like they are afraid of light and fire uh, harms them and la you know
1: <laughs> well just waiting for the entire movie for her mom to be present yeah. to pay off yeah. like everyone knew that lighter yep. was going to the damn left yeah the moment yep. you know it was just everything was
0: annoying yeah not nothing nothing was surprising nothing was interesting and, and i think that's why nothing was scary right
1: i did like lester wife's part i did yeah. i will say i like her kidnapping her in a last-ditch effort to kill this thing and using her as bait like i like that part as well As dumb as that scene was after she actually captured her and got the boogeyman in there and they blew out all the lights. But, you know, initially I was like, this might Uh, go somewhere.
0: And again, that actress did a great job of portraying this very broken, um, you know, mother who has lost everything and is up against something that is unbelievable, you know? Um, I I think
1: there's a recurring theme here. That's the only thing we've commented on that we like. The acting was good all the way around. Maybe, yeah.
0: I I agree. All right. Well, any final thoughts on El Man?
1: Please don't make a sequel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, I. You know what? It may do just. It may just do well enough to merit one. We'll see. They certainly sure. set it up for one, which is dumb. I hate so, yeah. Well, I think I think next up is our Insidious retrospective. I know you're no, excited about
1: that. we're I am not because they showed that preview at this film and <laughs> really don't want to revisit that franchise at all. Um, so, no, you're wrong. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, I think we've we've got black phone sneaking in there beforehand. Right? Oh, that's right. You're black right. Yeah, um, okay. And then recap on Insidious one through four, uh, I think. And then As if that won't be enough insidious we'll follow it with insidious (laughs) five so yeah really looking forward to july
0: yeah it'll be a good time well let us know what you thought of the boogeyman uh if you liked it especially we would love to hear what worked for you and i mean that i'm not being sarcastic i love it when people love things uh when they love movies that just did not work at all for me i'm so fascinated to hear why it worked a friend of mine commented on my review that she was so scared through the whole movie and i was like i i don't understand how (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like please convince me. Please. Did did they accidentally show hereditary instead in your screen? I don't understand <laughs> like what or lights out, maybe. I don't know. Right. Um, so yeah, we would love to hear if you enjoyed it. If not, if we missed something, we'd love to hear that too. Um, reach out to us at Facebook, uh at facebook.com slash don't split up. We will be back uh in a couple of weeks with our review of Black Phone, which came out last year and is based on Joe Hill. Uh, so you can catch us there. Hopefully, we'll have our crew back together. Um, but you know, Mo and I couldn't let this film go by without talking about it. So this was a must. Yeah, it was a must. So uh, and you know what? Um, just like any other horror movie, it's it's better to do it together. So even if it's a dumb one, glad we got to do it <laughs> together, buddy. <laughs> Me too. Take care of yourselves out there, folks. Uh, thanks for listening, and remember, whatever you do, don't split up. <laughs> Every horror movie, the first rule of survival is...